This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. We were having an off-mic conversation that always ends up being on mic. Yes. We were talking in narrative with uh, Tanya Pinkins. Oh. So she had a question about Kosciuszko. That is Kosciuszko. Y'all got to sign. This is really something. And really we didn't get the Kosciuszko, or y'all didn't, until about an hour in because it turned into a whole theater conversation that I'm sitting there enthralled. I'm like, oh my goodness. The, my God. My goodness. And then at the and then end. Then you slowed of, us down to talk about the law. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm no, a, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying y'all have to go over the narrative because this thing went everywhere at once. And we all made we made it all fit because, you know, that's what Black folk do. It was magic. <laughs> Um, and uh, I was telling you, I said, I'm a mom, my business, like that 102 year old woman said the secret to life. And you were like, nah, we nah. shouldn't mind our business. No, that's right. So we are the business. Um, we are the business. We were also uh, talking about, which we're going to give you a clip of that. So you're going to get a little taste of what we talked about, because at the end of the conversation, our brother, Dr. Greg Carr was at the White House last week for the Juneteenth signing. I saw you with the president of the United States. Yeah. And we were having a conversation <laughs> because I was like, I wish there was a thought bubble in that picture. Oh, oh. right. Well, you give us a yeah. little insight into what went on in that room. So I just want to thank you for the transparency because it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, there's now so many people saying, you know, what do we need a Juneteenth holiday for? Yeah, I'm in that camp a little bit, not for the same reasons that the haters are, but you know, you know, I'm fiercely protective of our history and who we are, and having other people kind of come in and usurp it and have white sales and all these other things is just distasteful to me and yeah, the yeah. folk that uh, for whom we celebrate that day and honor. But take us a, just a little smidge into what what now? We we talked about that last week. What comes next? Yeah, but. Yeah. We had this conversation with Tanya about being in this space uh, of knowing every time we build, somebody's going to try to burn it down. And there's a question on the table that we all have to ask ourselves, which is what we ended um, our conversation with, which is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that 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 conversation we were having. Uh, and again, you know, y'all go to narrative and, you know, Tanya Pinkins, an, an incredible artist, a thinker, culture worker. Uh, has this legal training that came out as we started talking about how to engage in intellectual warfare, very powerful. And we talked about everything from George C. Wolfe to Tony K. Bambara, who we mentioned. And in the context of our conversation, we evoked the first page of her novel, The Salt Eaters. Uh, and she asks a question at the beginning of that novel. And the question that she has this elder African woman, woman of African descent, asks this younger woman who is fighting through her challenges and we know we have our daily challenges. And this sister is at a, an inflection point since we use that language now. And she's surrounded by the community. And this elder asks her a very simple question before they engage in the work that can save her life. She asks a question, she says, you know, the question, sweetheart, is simply this, you know, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Because we can do what is necessary to heal ourselves as a community, but we have to answer that question first. And it's not at all clear that we want to be well. Um, the what happened last week at the White House, and of course, I 
certainly wasn't there. And then my own power is our sister, Ajwa Bakwe Asmoa, who was there. And she didn't want to introduce me to the President of the United States. I'm perfectly comfortable sitting, uh, standing in the back of the room next to two White House police who were from Texas, who were having the best time in the world, very quietly watching and observing the rest of the country catch up to where they have been since 1866 and just just pleased and I was just standing there having the best time and also after the signing having the greatest time having conversations with some people I knew like Andre Carson out of uh, Indianapolis who I've known since we were together when Tupac was at Indiana Black Expo when he was a young man his grandmother was a congresswoman that's Julia Carson well Andre is in congress now we standing there loud two black men loud in the white house looking around like they're gonna put us out of here man if we don't <laughs> and then of course uh uh, our sister Yana Presley from Massachusetts and Jana Hayes and all the others, Ilhan Omar, being with Black people, it's important for Ilhan Omar as a Somali member of the Black Caucus to be there to show our, that our Blackness overflows national boundaries. So all of that, and you'll see a little clip as we talk a little bit about that, but talking to the President of the United States, and you'll hear what the, the a snippet of the conversation we had was something that was an engagement with the social structure. We're always clear about who we are. Our obligation is to be who we are, wherever we are. And one of the things about the work that we're doing that you know, you've set us on this path is to create the space where we all join together. This is a together moment. So last week, here we are on Saturday and in 1938 on June the 26th, this was the day that train hit the car that James Weldon Johnson's wife was driving and he died, 1938, on June the 26th. And of course, James Weldon Johnson, among so many other things, we've talked about Johnson. If y'all go through back then in classes, we talked extensively about James Weldon Johnson and his brother, how they wrote that song, Lift Every Voice and Sing. We saw Nancy Pelosi singing Lift Every Voice and Sing with the Juneteenth legislation in her hand at the center of this Congressional Black Caucus choir that is singing Lift Every Voice and Sing before they take it over. And of course, standing in that room and watching Mother Opal Lee, who wasn't the only person to advocate for a national holiday, but who is representative of a collective. That Juneteenth collective has been together for a long time. I think about uh, a brother, uh, uh, Ron, who was in Philadelphia. That's how we celebrate Juneteenth for many years, they were all part of a collective. He's an ancestor now, but Mother Opal represented us in that room. But I thought about the fact that on this day, this anniversary of James Weldon Johnson's death, that our ability to connect to our culture and our history has been not only the thing that sustained us, it's our answer to the question of whether or not we want to be well. Wanting to be well isn't a matter of making a demand on someone else. A reparations demand is a principal demand, a demand for legislation, uh, a demand to deconstruct the way we uh, suffer from policing in this country and reimagine everything from public safety to voter participation, all that stuff is important, but that's not the answer to the question of how do you want to be well? The answer to do you want to be well is in our music, it's in the best of our culture. It's in the best of our traditions. It's in the ways that we view each other. It's in our governance structure. It's in our ways of knowing. It's in the way that we remember things and pass things on. The answer to whether or not you want to be well wasn't in those two White House police officers that I was standing next to 
It isn't in their uniforms. It's in the fact that they stood there quietly and watched legislation being signed at the same time realizing it wasn't gonna change how they celebrate Juneteenth, one they've been celebrating since they came into the world in Texas. The answer to the question of how you want to do, whether or not you want to be well can only be answered in conversation with yourself. And for us, that means conversation with each other. And so what we're about to see is just a little glimpse of how the governance structure on an afternoon in, uh, in June, 2021, kind of hung out a little bit with the social structure and watched the social structure congratulate itself for, for recognizing something that we're not gonna budge one quarter inch in the governance structure from doing what we were gonna do anyway. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> but that question is, we gotta answer that question, Professor Hunter, it seems to me, and we're helping to answer it. We're trying to anyway. Oh, we're not trying, we're doing. We are doing. Yes, we are, because we took the I out of, uh, we put the we. Come on now. Illness, you know, we took the I out of illness and replaced it with we. With and, we, wellness. Yeah. Come on now, come on, Dr. Amin. Come on, Malcolm, come on. <laughs> so we we definitely want to be well. Um, and we so do. I just want to thank you. That, you know, I'm just looking up James Weldon. Hit by a train. Vacation. In yeah. May. I mean, you think about coming back from vacation and, you know, you're relaxing, your wife is driving the car, mm. wife is driving, and they probably were having some amazing conversation, maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe he, he touched, you know, held her hand and, yeah. and, and a train hits them. In a split second. You know, the, sto the story of James Johnson, as we've talked about, is the story of Black humanity. Our humanity has the, the highs, the lows. And in that instant, I think about, for the, for, in fact, today, a couple of days from now, and you can look at it while we're talking, I'm not sure. I think it might actually be the 28th. It's the birthday of Paul Lawrence Dunbar. And when I go to Dayton, our friend Larry Crow lives in Dayton. He, we always go, when we go to Martin Delaney's grave, it's not far from Dayton. We go to the art gallery of uh, Bing Davis, one of the great culture keepers and artists in our community, black community. And to the grave site where Paul Dunbar is and to the Dunbar house, the house that he bought and where he lived with his mother, the house where he made transition. And when we think about what you just narrated in terms of what they possibly could have been talking about, their feeling, you're coming back from vacation and then boom, your physical life is gone. We think about the fact that so much of black life in this country is spent trying to conform to someone else's expectations, to that social structure. And when Dunbar writes, we wear the mask, He's really talking about how we have we find ourselves having to navigate that social structure. We wear the mask that grins and lies, it hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile with torn and bleeding hearts. We smile and mouth with myriad subtleties. Oh man, he says, um, you know, let the world think otherwise. We wear the mask. He says, um, we, what is it? He says. Why should the world think overwise in hearing all our tears and cries? Nay, let them only see us while we wear the mask. We smile, but oh, great Christ our cries to thee from tortured souls arise. We sing, but oh, the clay is vile beneath our feet and long the mile. But let the world think otherwise. We wear the mask. It does no good to never take that mask off. 
So when you think of those black folk who have sold their soul for a nickel to say they oppose something or all you black people think this, I think something else. Why? Because they're paying me to say this. Understand that at some point that mask is going to have to fall. And when it falls, you may fall apart with it. So when Tony Cade asks us, the question is, do you want to be well? Don't be so fast to say yes. No, what she's really saying is, look at the way you live your life. That answer to that question is how you live your life. Paul Dunbar died, tuberculosis, right there. I've stood in the little room. You know, his mother took care of him. And you think of this man, body racked with pain, with his, with, all, with his own internal challenges and external challenges. We have, this, we have some of the pages in the journal of Alice Dunbar Nelson, his wife, with that tortured relationship. These are human beings in the world. Black people in this country called the United States have a difficult time being human in the world. This is a place where we can be human in the world and say what we think, argue, debate, cry together, but we're not wearing masks. We're not wearing masks in class. We're not wearing masks on narrative. And we want to be well. So I wanna thank you, Professor Hunter, because we wanna be well and we're doing something about it. I don't know how you do it. Paul Dunbar, <laughs> June 27th, he was actually born. Tomorrow. 27th, okay. 1972, barely made it to age 33. And can you, you see, about, can you believe that? Think about 33. Oh. 33. 33. All that he did. Parents born in bondage. Mm, mm. His mother, he's very close to it. You know what? Narrative, we're going to add Dunbar to the you should know list. Boom. All right. <laughs> Listen, um, I appreciate you up next. You'll see a snippet from what we talked about, which you can yes. see the whole discussion and narrative. Yes. You're, you're incredible. I love no, you. No, you're incredible. All right. Love you. See y'all and sign up. If you haven't signed up yet, get over there. And if you need us uh, a scholarship, we have plenty because Tanya actually donated a whole bunch as did Michael Harriet and others. Thank you, Tanya. Oh, Thank you Michael. Yeah, we're not, we not, we, we not leaving anybody. No, no. If you really want this, it's here. Info at narrative with a K. K-N-A-R-R-I. Oh, can I spell it? K-N-A-R-R-A-T-I-V-E dot com. Yes. Narrative.com. Thank you. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you soon. See you soon. <laughs> so what's what's in our interest? Let's let's you know wrap this up. Oh, this? Yeah, you know, um, for those of you who are watching this, um, you know, we're we're gonna constantly be asking a question because I, I know if you ask a question, a brain has to find an answer. We don't ask enough good questions, I think, in this society. That's right. We got to ask good questions uh, so that we can find good answers. That's right. What's in our best interest? Well, I, I, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is that we know we can build things. We know we have the resources, but every time we build it, they burn it down. So right. when we decide to build, we have to put that in the business plan. We're going to build it. They're going to burn it down. We got to rebuild it again. I, I truly have begun to feel like that psyche is so destructive that it is impossible to be safe in the midst of that psyche. Mm. You know what? The first line of Tony K. Mombara's The Salt Eaters, mm -hmm. the first page, right? She says, you got this sister who was in this community of black women they're trying to get her restored to health. And the question the elder asked her, the first line, the question, honey, is do you want to be well? <laughs> before, we, before we embark on what we know that we can do, 
You got to answer the question whether you want to be well. Ty, you just laid it out. Can we be well in this system? And do you want to be well? But the idea that you're going to keep building something back when you know what's going to happen next, you don't want to be well. You want to keep deluding yourself into thinking when we do it this time, they're going to leave us alone. Are you, wait a minute, hold on. Before, before we invest any more time in this, do you want to be well? Mm. <laughs> do you want to be well? So no, if we just can get enough resource together. We can flip this. No, no, before we even start, but do you want to be well? Karen, we got to ask better questions. Tony K's question remains unanswered. It really does because, you know, and we didn't talk about this, did we? Uh, no, no, we didn't. Since since our, our last time together, you know, Ajua got me and went down there to the White House. I went to the June. I saw you, signing, I saw right? you the hand of President Biden. I was like this. Oh, yeah, that, there's a story behind that on the thing. <laughs> you know, that wasn't me. That's Ajua over there with the Who president of the United States. And they all buddy buddy and stuff. He's like, I want you to meet Dr. Carr. He's like, okay. And, and, and the elder was standing on a judge. Oh my, I said sorry, I said on a judge. She was standing, she's 94 years old. She walking around. Like, I said, Father, she said, Oh yeah, I had double knee replacement at the same time. I said, What are you talking? About? I just started laughing. So she's standing there, and of course, the, hey, she's wait, in her group. So she's moving around good. You said oh, she's just she walking around like we walking around. Considering it, she had both done at the same both time. Both of them. She both of them at the same time. In fact, she was in a wheelchair. We came in the same time. So we she's in a wheelchair, but then when she got in the room, she got up out the wheelchair, sat in the regular chair, and I realized, okay, that's just for long distances. So you ain't got to tie yourself out. And she didn't really need it. So we're standing there, and, and, and she and I said, he said, oh, you teach at Howard. He said, Howard's the second best HBCU behind Delaware State. And I said, Mr. President, um, I teach at Howard, but I went to Tennessee State. I'm a moral land grant college uh, Negro. I'm one of them segregated moral land grant college Negroes. And I think they should all be before any private HBCU. And then he just started laughing. But that look on, on her face, she looking at me like, I can't believe that you talking to this nigga. Like, this ain't nothing but a man. You lucky I don't post you up behind Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill. But it's all good because I ain't trying to, you know, embarrass uh, Ajua or none of these other Negroes. But what I'm raising is we saw them sing lift every voice and sing the congressional black caucus with nancy pelosi holding on to the juneteenth bill in the middle of the picture it warmed my heart to be in a room where uh ilhan omar was there now ilhan omar born in somali but she remembered the congressional black caucus she's sitting in there she was in there singing lift every voice and say look at ilhan i see you over there sis Stephen Horsford, he's from, he's, he's congressman from Nevada, but it's people from Trinidad. In fact, we were standing there side by side. I say, man, this kind of reminds you of Emancipation Day, doesn't it? He said, yeah. He said, he said, people don't know about Emancipation. I said, right. He said, they talking about Juneteenth in the United States. This is another Emancipation Day for him standing there. Jamal Bowman, Autumn Cats out of New York, uh, Dwight Evans, who is from uh, Pennsylvania. He's from Philly. I said, Congressman Evans, remember we used to be up there with Juneteenth celebrations, brother Ron and them. He said, yeah, man, we've been doing this for years. He said, they don't know nothing about that. I said, right. All those members of Congressional Black, Yvette Clark and them, I mean, the Caribbean. In other words, y'all think this is just Black people and we all the same. We are all the same and we're not the same at the same time. We make a political commitment. And then you think just because we are Congress people, Danny Davis, 
tight west side chicago right danny davis whatever commitments contradictions all that stuff we know in chicago in milwaukee in detroit they've been doing juneteenth <laughs> forever i'm saying i have to say that we free ourselves by recognizing not only in nobody coming to save us but that we've always figured out ways to be well in our communities and we can't sacrifice that trying to fit into a system that's dying. It was dying the moment it started. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So don't shift your energy now to black entrepreneurs trying to acquire all this wealth and you as if they're gonna turn around and give it to you. Show the one that did it <laughs> after Jim Crow. <laughs> and the ones that did it show what happened. No, pool your collective resources now. Don't wait on an angel to come in. That's why, we, that's why as you build a narrative and we're all joining with you and building, this is built little by little. Well, I don't have no money. No, we got some. And thank you, Tanya, for subsidizing folks yes. coming to this space because we need the people with a nickel. Okay, I'm going to give you this nickel. And unlike Thomas Jefferson and Thaddeus Kosciusko, Kosciusko I'm going to give you this nickel and this is what I want you to do with it. Those people are going to take that knowledge and soar. The person who is going to be essential to freeing us, the people who are going to be essential to free us, very likely going to be the ones that didn't have the nickels to put together to be in this conversation. And that, so we all have a role to play. I think that's how we do it. But we're not going to be well trying to model them because that system is already dying. And on that note, uh, I love both of you. Oh, me too. <laughs> Such a privilege. Such a privilege. This is a treat. I can't, oh man. I can't. Mm, mm, mm. I got so many questions. We had to talk again. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Listen, we gonna travel. This is this is. The I'm coming family. to Africa with y'all. This is who we rocking with. Oh, of us. It's who. This is the crew. Yes. See, Karen been to Ghana. Time. Karen been to Ghana since I have. I haven't been to Ghana in so many years. When I was there in '96, they we got a chance to go to the National Theater, and of course, the great FOS Sutherland who was Ghana National Television, the Ghana Theater. We going to Africa and we going to Ghana and we gonna, and I'm just gonna watch you do a master class with them Ghanaian artists. They're like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward. at, I'm, I got a map on my on my desk here. There are so many countries we, you know, I wanna go to the, from the Sea Islands to Barbados, Ooh. maybe we hit Brazil, Cuba, and then hit maybe Senegal and come all around the, down the coast and then I mean, we 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 need to do that. Yes, we need to do that. We need yes, to get that cross that ocean. Yes, and, we do. And remind ourselves. Um, yes, we do. Thousands of years before this four hundred year debacle, we were great. We were great, yeah. and we've been, and we kept being great. Yeah, and I want to say this. Wait, hold on. We were great, ordinary, regular human beings, happy, sad, living, mm. loving for mm. all the things. Mm. Mm. And, you know, my Cherokee uh, sisters tell me that in their oral tradition, Jesus the Christ was here with them on this continent. Oh, no question. Oh, no, it's no question about it. John Ricard used to always say that. He said, if your image of God doesn't look like you, that's the beginning of your problem. It's very simple. Of course he was. Of course he was. And his mama to say, Richard, to use Richard Pryor from Peoria, Illinois. He said, <laughs> Doesn't Poland have a black Madonna? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. They do. 
Yes, yes. Oh, it's funny you say that. I, I forgot to mention, of course, Kosciuszko uh, is buried there. He's a national hero. Their connection to Black people is interesting because one of the heroes in Poland who is remembered more there than here is Ira Aldrich, the great mm-hmm. actor. Mm-hmm. He's buried. He died in Poland. He, 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 played, he played in Poland in the 1840s and he passed away in Poland in the 1850s and he's buried in Poland. <laughs> so that's fascinating. Now, that doesn't help us when we see some racism over here, but they will certainly pull it out and remind you. Oh, yeah, they got the, the, the black, the black, uh, the black, uh, the black Madonna. Yeah. So all the pro- Polish brothers and sisters out there, your tradition is, is rest on the shoulders of Kosciuszko. Live up to it, please. Please. Don't 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 just don't defile him the way Thomas Jefferson did. How about that? <laughs> <laughs>